That one, year number four. It's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 245 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for checking out the episode. This is the fourth episode in my series on why I truly believe that American NFL fans would love the AFL. In just a moment, I'm going to be joined by David Evan Smith, a mad footy fan. Um, he's an avid NFL fan as well, a member of the Browns backers in Melbourne, and... Uh, we're going to talk about how it is that we can uh, encourage NFL fans here in the States to check out this fantastic game. Now, today's club of the episode are the Ormond Maunders. The club was founded back in 1931, and based upon my math skills looking through their website, they've captured 47 premierships across all of their different teams at the different levels throughout their history. And their senior side opens up their fixture in round two this year. They have a bye week in round one. On 22 April, squaring off with the Hampton Rovers at the Boss James Reserve. Now, this is a, uh, a club that has a very storied history of sending players to the VFL and then into the AFL as well. Uh, the alumni of this club include 1964 Melbourne Premiership player Neil Crompton, five-time VFL Premiership winner, Laurie Mithin, and uh, a guy many of you have probably heard of before. And uh, this was uh, Max Gaughan. And uh, I believe this is actually where Max Gaughan was cloned, because if you've listened to previous episodes, I've argued that there is more than one Max Gaughan on the ground, because he's everywhere. Uh, I want to wish Orman the absolute best going into 2023 and hope that they have a fantastic season. Now, before we jump into my uh, my chat with David, I did want to take a moment and share some news from the USAFL here in the United States. And you can find all about them at USAFL.com. Uh, last evening, I ran across a post on my uh, social media announcing the return of the local, if you want to call it that, USAFL team, the Cleveland Cannons. And the Cannons had gone dormant for a couple of years, but they are back and they are going to begin training here in a couple of weeks. Uh, looking forward to getting up to Cleveland and having the opportunity to watch them, hoping to engage with uh, some of the people from the club on the podcast here pretty soon. So if you're in the Ohio area and you've ever had the uh, inkling of wanting to try playing footy well you've got several clubs you've got the uh you got the dockers down in cincinnati you got the cats in columbus and you've got the cannons in cleveland now so check them out so let's go ahead and jump into my chat with david evans smith and we're gonna try to convince more nfl fans why they should check out the afl because i think they'd love it all right, ladies and gentlemen, my guest for this episode, another one where we're talking about just how we can get the AFL to make a stronger head road into the United States of America, which I think is, you know, in many ways, an untapped market for them. Uh, I am thrilled to be welcoming not only a Geelong Cat supporter, but he's also a Cleveland Brown supporter, which if those of you who don't know, uh, well, we'll talk about that in a moment. I am absolutely thrilled to welcome Dave Evan Smith to the podcast. Dave, thanks for getting up this morning, sir, and coming on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Craig. Thanks for having me, mate. It's uh, it's nice to finally uh, uh, have a chat with you. We've uh, chatted yes. enough uh, 
quietly on Twitter, but it's yes. nice to uh, nice to actually have a have a have a have a chat. Absolutely, my pleasure. I am I am thrilled to be to be chatting with you. This has been a long time coming, and I just you know, I. I've, has, yeah. I've just been, you know, sitting here knowing that I, you know, I've I've converted one person officially to becoming a, a footy fan, and they became an Essendon supporter. So I'm not sure if that's a victory or yeah. not. Um, but uh, and again, that's not if you're an Essendon supporter, that's that's with tongue in cheek. That's you know, completely with jest. But uh, because he's also a Pittsburgh Steelers fan too, so yeah, I don't know. And yeah, you know, and I don't know if you follow college football, but he's a University of Michigan fan, and now I follow Ohio State. So, yeah, but he's my boss, so there's that. <laughs> right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Now you got to play nice with it. Just going to say that is the uh, that is the trifecta of all things. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised you. I'm surprised you didn't follow Richmond, being the black and yellow thing. I I wondered that also. I really did. And and, the, and having had the recent success that they did once when he made the decision to be kind of become a supporter, yeah, I, I'm really surprised he didn't go that route. So uh, yeah, so thankful. You are, you are a, a, an NFL fan, and you might be the one that's going back the furthest that I have had a chance to talk with. Because it says, you know, when you mentioned him, you've been a Browns fan since 1988, yep, and for, yep, and, and, and also following the, the 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 Cleveland Indians, now the Guardians. And I have to ask, how did you become a, a Cleveland sports fan? How did you become a sports fan in the United States in 1988 when some of the the opportunities to watch games here were extraordinarily limited? And then how did you how did you decide? I don't want to say settle on Cleveland, but how did you decide on Cleveland? Well, so it all goes back to my mum actually. So post World War II, probably leading into the late, oh sorry, early 50s, there was an international pen pal program, and she ended up getting a pen becoming pen pals with uh, a lady named Joanne, who we affectionately refer to as Auntie Joanne. Um, and they would swap letters as it was back in the old day via, you know, sea mail or air mail back in the in the fifties and and sixties through their primary school mm-hmm. and very early, very early teenage years. And as with teenagers, you know, you drift off, you go off and do things. Um, but there was also an affiliation with that family and and my mother's family was that both um, both well essentially both grandfathers for the grandchildren, both fathers were in the air force. One of them is actually quite a famous Ohioan. Is Bill Wynn? Okay. Um, he he he's got a um, uh, there's a book about him. There's been a number of things. I understand that there's a a, a little bit of a TV show slash movie in the making about his his feats and he rescued a little dog on Smokey an and island. The, Smokey and the War Dog. Smokey and the War Dog. That's it. Yes. Yep. Um, so. And my, my late grandfather was an electrical engineer with the Air Force and he worked around the world, um, including some stuff uh, in San Diego uh, that we believe that is still classified for whatever mm-hmm. that means. Um, they lost contact and in about nine, somewhere between 1986 and 1989, a letter was found. Joanne sent it to my uh, now late grandparents' house. They still lived in that same house. Mm-hmm. And... Mum and Auntie Joanne have been writing and calling each other every week since. Okay. She had she had three girls. My mum had I'm one of three boys, I'm the eldest of three boys. She obviously through the conversations of us all growing up, we were all sports mad. I grew up playing football, cricket, and field hockey, which is massive in Australia because we don't get ice. Right, <laughs> we, right. We get it in our in our drinks, but not in anything else, not in large enough sheets. Um 
And so she used to send us for our birthdays and Christmas, Cleveland sports stuff. Okay. Uh, Cleveland Browns and Cleveland Indians, a little bit of Cavs gear because uh, that's, she just thought it was quick and easy. And so I have, um, I have, uh, have full baseball card sets uh, still at mum and dad's place of like the 19, somewhere between 87 and 89 Indians, like Brooke okay. Jacoby. Mm-hmm. I've got a card of Brooke Jacoby um, through that. And then obviously the Browns. And I just loved NFL because we did used to get the Super Bowl on our free-to-air television every year. And you'd always love watching it because it always, it's always been a spectacle. And um, that was about the time of Bernie coming to Cleveland, that 88, 89 season. Coming back then because he's from Northeast Ohio. Yeah. Yes, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So we didn't get any of that sort of necessarily that background story of him being – and we didn't have college football back then. It wasn't until we got uh, cable television or satellite television that we used mm-hmm. to get the, the college football, which is what I used to – I used to follow it like a madman, um, both of them, the NFL and the and the, and the college. Um, and so, yeah, and from that we were kind of – landed on Cleveland because we got all their gear and we supported them. And obviously they were winning at that stage. You know, they were, there was obviously the drive and all those sorts of things that went wrong with, with uh, Mr. Elway, uh, yes, which we've all yes. sort of heartbreak and, and trauma about. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then, you know, there was uh, Bill and Vinny Testaverde coming yeah. through as, you know, that, that yep. Art Modell complete mess up. Uh, uh, and then the club went and then the club mm-hmm. went. I remember coming home from, uh, uh, university that day, and Mum said, "You're not going to believe this." And I said, "What?" She goes, and she, and she got quite into it as well because she saw how much we enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. And at that stage, uh, I was playing here in Australia. We had uh, um, a junior league and a senior league, and I was transitioning from a in age brackets how we have it set up, much like the under nineteen football Australian rules football through to seniors. And she goes, "You're not going to believe this, but Modell has has moved the team or sold moved the team yes. to Baltimore. Baltimore." And I said, there is no way they're going back to Baltimore. Baltimore, you know, the Midnight Runners, they ran out of yeah. Baltimore and ended up in Indianapolis back right. way back when. 84. And, um, yep. 84, there you go. Yep. And she goes, no, no, they're, they're gone. And then obviously we kept in contact with Joanne and we're getting newspaper articles mm-hmm. and stories about it. Plus you're hearing it in the Australian media as the sort of started to open up, you know, you're starting right. to look at the internet just starting and all those sorts of things. So we were finding out about the the fight by the Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns fans and saying, no, we need to keep – we're an original team. We need to keep our history. We need to keep our colours. We need to keep our – what logo we have. Right. We've got to, keep, got to keep the core of Cleveland there. They've got to have a new team. Mm-hmm. Let them go, you know. And um, I never – I never, was never enamoured with the with the Raptors. Um, Good. I, Good. I, I – the team I ended up playing for in the seniors here in Australia happened to be the Southeastern Steelers, as it would happen, of course. <laughs> so in those in those um, in those years of no no Browns, it was it was a, a half-hearted support of the Steelers only because I was wearing the colours whilst I was playing as a as a middle linebacker and uh, and a little bit of an edge rusher. Yeah. Um, but um, outside of that, I've, I've been Browns through and through. And, and as for the Indians, I've always loved baseball. But we were mm-hmm. getting um, – I was getting newspaper articles um, back then when uh, Major League was being filmed. Mm-hmm. And um, so – and we I had, you know, Indians hats of half a dozen varietals, you know, uh, as I said before, all the card collection. So just having all that. And then when we got Fox – what was called Foxtel here. Right, right. Um, we were able to get – Games 
almost on a daily basis, along with the NBA and the, and then the NFL and NCAA. So it was just a I'm just a sports junkie. I can't help myself. Okay, well I'm I'm reading the art. I'm reading an article on my and I just bookmarked it on my notes here yeah. about Bill Wynn and Smokey the Word Dog and uh, Bill Wynn and, and it, this was an article from about four and a half years ago. So he was 96. I don't know if he is still around. Right. He, he passed away. He okay. Passed away a couple of years because ago. Yeah. because that's you know he he lived in Mansfield, which is about an hour's drive south of where I am right now. Yep. So okay. yeah, yeah. Yep. I mean he's he's Stand a up, yep. in fact uh, Mansfield is where the the old prison was where they filmed Shawshank Redemption. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. That one I didn't know. Yeah. 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 And, and every year, every year they have a massive metal music concert that lasts for an entire weekend called ink arceration it's like a oh, big, wow. big concert and tattoo extravaganza kind of thing yes wow I, wow that's, that's ha- haven't cool. been haven't been yet but since i do enjoy that type of music I'd, I'd love to to get there at some time and just before we move back to the browns i do have to say that you know as far as the rat birds as you mentioned there if my first wife, because I was married once before also, you you might have seen my first wife. House fell on her, legs rolled up, Dorothy got her shoes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um lucky friend. <laughs> yeah. I, if if she if she if if she owned an NFL team, I would sit in the owner's box with her family to cheer against the Ravens. That's how much I loathe them. I hate the Ravens. Hate them, hate yep. them, hate them. Yeah. Yep. If always, uh... if, yeah. If you're in Baltimore, I don't care. I hate your yeah. hate your team. Yep, yep. I I um I always took a, a a little wry smile every now and again when he took his helmet off and he had his Cleveland Browns headband on. And oh, Steve Everett. Everett. Steve Everett. You yep. know. He may never end. He will never enter the 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 Hall of Fame or anything like that. But to us, I think as Browns fans, mm-hmm. he did that little little quiet protest, a little uh, nod to us all, knowing that it wasn't right. Right. And for for forever will be a a very fond memory of of that horrible franchise yeah yeah and and the thing is is that two years after they leave they win the super bowl oh, it's, just, it's just it's crushing it's crushing yeah you can so, almost so, be physically ill as yeah. a result of well that. and it and i've i've made this analogy and again it's not taking a, a you know for those of you who don't follow the nfl very much uh being a cleveland browns fan the way i can equate it to footy is being a saint kilda supporter with even more heartbreak Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. St Kilda or Mel- St Kilda or Melbourne in those in the eighties, nineties time frame. Yeah. Bottom of the bottom of the rung, wooden spoons, as yeah. we, we say in yeah. AFL. Um, potentially great prospects with number one draft picks mm-hmm. plenty, and just never ever locking gear and right. working in unison, and always right. having tra- coaching problems. You know, from I mean, St Kilda having. Tim Watson to Malcolm Blight that walked out, you know, sort of mid-training session to, you know, right yeah. through to what happened last year. Yeah, it is just, yeah, it it is, it's frustrating. And and I I just, you know, and you looked at what happened with, uh, with, uh, you know, Ratton and Rutten at the end of last year. And, you know, the, Essendon makes their move and then St. Kilda says, oh, hold my beer. Let's see. Let's yeah. see if we can top what you guys did there. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolute chaos. Just, Absolute yeah, chaos. Just, yeah. So, and again, if you if you you know if you are an NFL fan and you've not watched footy, um, 
and you're you're a Geelong supporter, and you know our you know our club won the premiership last year. We we won at the AFL's Super Bowl, if you will. Um, absolutely, and, and convincingly. Oh yes, yes, absolutely, and maybe it could happen again this year, possibly. Knock on wood, but uh, you know, they. I just got doing doing my cats preview. Um, they've still got a very talented side. We'll see what happens. But if you were to describe the the AFL to somebody who has not watched it before, or has not watched it consistently, what how would you describe it? Uh, Three hundred and sixty degree action packed, fast running, hard hitting, high marking. People call it catching, obviously in the US and North America as a whole, but we call it a mark. High marking, high scoring, uh, explosive sport. No pads. They hit at full speed. Yeah, it's that's it. It's you know three hundred and sixty degrees. And 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 the ground is close to three times the size, at least, of of an NFL field. It's just absolutely yes. massive. Yep, absolutely shaped massive. like a giant egg. Uh, yep. Essentially, uh, or you know, they call it an oval, and it uh-huh. probably is for most parts. But yeah, yeah, probably about three times the size of a, an NFL field from length to length, because obviously we have the two two fifties, and there's about a fifty in the middle. Yeah, fifty meters that is. Uh, and when you watch some of these these guys who are built like tight ends and um, linebackers. Kicking a football fifty plus meters, mm-hmm. which I think what does that equate to about uh, seven? Fifty meters. Would, fifty meters would be about fifty five yards, fifty six yards. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking these blokes grow up, and myself included, grow up kicking a football from the age of three or four, much like you know a quarterback or a shortstop or a catcher mm-hmm. grows up throwing a baseball or football. So you're essentially watching a high quality punter mm-hmm. kick the ball every time. He kicks the ball and putting and, it on, and putting it on a dime for the most part. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Pinpoint accuracy, yeah. And if they can, and if they can kick it through, and the, and from memory, the uh, the main two big sticks, the goalposts. I think from memory, they're close to fifteen meters up mm-hmm. from ground yes. to, to point, and quite often they'll go over the top of them, as in they'll soar above the upright, knowing right. not even the upright well, soar so, so through them. Or sometimes they'll literally go over the post, as happened to Richmond last year. Um, yes. Yes, which yeah. I, I actually had during my Richmond preview, and I don't want to share that because I want you to go listen to the Richmond preview. The, the guest I had on, I had a brilliant idea, and they said that they, that I don't know why the league hasn't thought of it yet. They absolutely should have done it. I said, why why don't they have some sort of a, like not necessarily a laser, but some sort of a light that is attached to the top where you can see where the ball is breaking that light, that light stream above the post. Correct. Why can't you have that? And, it, and it, I don't, I don't think anybody has ever mentioned that before. No, no. So, um, yeah, the other one that has been mentioned is something along the lines of, because it, it would not interfere with, I suppose, wind and whatever else and wouldn't mm-hmm. be any trouble, but essentially putting a giant car aerial in the center or maybe on the insides half of the top of the, the goal post. Yeah. So that if it hits, it would have an electrical current. And then obviously as it wobbles, it would break the current and you'd know that it's gone over the wrong thing. I mean, there's been a thousand right, ideas, right. but none of them have yeah. got off the ground. Yeah. Well, which, you know what I mean? which, so. which, which in this case, the reason for doing it is they would have to in fact get off the ground and go up about 20 meters or so. Uh, Correct. 
Absolutely, but, uh, yes. Yeah. So you know you've you know I've I, I've given up. I haven't watched baseball now in three years, and I I'm a, I'm a, I was a much bigger baseball fan than I was a gridiron fan. But yeah. I'm I'm so disillusioned with what Major League Baseball has done over the last few years. The, the, the fact that there's no salary cap, the fact that the that the Houston Astros players who cheated are not working the stands selling popcorn and hot dogs instead of getting multi-million dollar contracts is to me an absolute travesty and, and championship rings yes yeah, yeah. Um, look I, i'm the same I'm, i've become probably since 16 when mm -hmm. we lost the well, lost the world series the cubs, i've become yes. more of a to the cubs yeah um i've become more of a, a passive passive watcher mm -hmm. and then i wasn't enamored with the name change for whatever you know however anyone feels about that that's you know everyone's individual right to feel that sort of situation. Um, I wasn't enamoured with it. I wasn't enamoured with the logo they came up with or any of that sort of stuff. I thought some of the fan drawings were way better. Yeah. Um, I wish we were going with the spiders. <laughs> because they used to be the spiders. Way back when, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The Cleveland spiders. Um, but, um, you know, you can't help but love um, Jose. And, right, right. You know, and Stephen Kwan. They're, they're a young bunch of kids who are, are, are super exciting to watch. And Tito is just such a great human being mm -hmm. and a great manager. Mm -hmm. You can't help but love them. Um, and you're right, you know, cutting out the shift, reducing pitching times, you know, and, yeah. and, and, the, and the new versions of what a balk is and what a balk isn't. It's like, yeah, yeah. So your break. let them play baseball. For those of you who are in Australia who may not watch a lot of baseball, when he's talking about the shift, um, I've equated it to, to – to cricket, where if you have figured out when you're bowling it, if you're able to bowl a batter in a certain place in terms of where they're going to hit it, that they're going to consistently, more often than not, they hit the ball in a certain direction if the ball is bowled to a certain spot. So you may overload your defenders to that direction to get them to catch the ball. Major League Baseball has now said, instead of being able to move like an extra infielder over to the side where the hitters might be hit, hit the ball on a more consistent basis, they can no longer do that. So they're basically telling the, the defensive team, we're going to limit your ability to get the other team out. And this yeah. is a game, this is a game that for the last several years has tried to figure out ways, how do we speed up the game? And now they're going to allow players who literally you could hold a gun to their head and say, hit the ball the other direction and they can't do it. They can't, can't do, do it. it. Yeah. I mean, Rod Carew, you know, who played back in the 70s and actually 60s, 70s, 80s, who was just a magician. Tony Gwynn is rolling over in his grave, not, you know, with people not being able to hit the ball the other direction. It's 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 a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, and it it's just it's one of the reasons why I I missed the game that I love. But this is this is not the game that I loved, unfortunately. Uh -huh. Yeah, uh, and, that, and that's where I mean, obviously, the the heartbreak of 16 was it was mm -hmm. enough. I mean, 17 yeah. was 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 a bit of a lackluster year yeah but yeah you're right with all these changes like that's you know trying to to speed up and this is why the guys are getting injured this is why the pitchers are getting injured they don't get mm -hmm. a chance to an extra 10 or 15 seconds to sort of catch your breath center themselves, yeah. get them around yep. catch your breath exactly right they're, yeah. they're running on they're running on fumes by about the fifth inning so yeah, yeah, yeah. and and if you are if you are an american sports fan and if you're disgruntled with baseball have we got a game for you? Because guess what? This, you can literally, it's, if it's, it's like if you're building a house out of Legos and you can dis, you can, you know, you know, un, unhitch 
a section of Legos and lift that part of the house out of there and drop footy right in there as a new wall because it fits in the time-wise great because the season begins in mid-March and ends end of September, beginning of October. Wow, guess what? Just in time for the NFL and college football starting up. So it's, it, it's, a, it's a great transition. So if you're somebody who is disillusioned with baseball, you really should consider checking out Australian rules football. And in here, you know, we get, you know, a few of the games each week on FS1, FS2, and the rest of them are on, on Fox soccer plus. Um, but it just, you know, what, what are you thinking? You know, as far as like the thing, you know, you, you talked about what the game was, but what having talked about those, what are those things do you think are the ones that would really transition? Well, that would, that would get up, get an, an NFL fan who's not watched it very closely to sit up and take notice. I think the skills, I think the, the ability, especially watching, for example, for, for us being mad Geelong fans, mm-hmm. that second and that second and third quarter of the grand final when when Brad Close and the boys were doing those streaming runs out of the, the half-back line with mm-hmm. connecting handballs. So for our American listeners, a handball is is a, a clenched fist hitting the back end of the football with an open hand and sort of almost like a shovel pass in, in gridiron, but you can, some of the boys can handball at um, 20, 30 yards without even batting an eyelid and hit a guy who's at near full speed on the chest. Um, as a runner, you're allowed to bounce, or you have to bounce the ball every about every eight to 12 steps. I think that equates to about 15 metres of running. Mm-hmm. Um uh, and those, when they start connecting handballs and you can move the ball backwards to go forwards, a little bit like rugby, but without the, the shenanigans of rugby, um, when that is going and the teams are free-flowing and high-scoring, that's a combination, I think, of some of the college football where, you know, for example, what we saw Georgia do to, to TCU, you know, right, just pick right. the ball up and score. But also, you know, skill skill set of like a almost like a, a baseball infielder, you know, scooping the ball up and and getting at a rocket handball, you know, that's almost mm-hmm. like a, you know, like a, a, a was it a four a four a four five three, you know, sort of uh, right, right. sort of play, play, you know, and then when they kick a goal, you know, like I said before, they can kick it from fifty five yards out and send it through it, you know, twelve twenty meters high. Or you know, uh, 15, 15 yards high into the crowd. You've got a hundred thousand people um, at the grand final, one hundred and ten thousand people. But every week you're getting somewhere between you know forty and seventy thousand people mm-hmm. at a at a ground um, watching this um, religiously. It really is. Yes, it yes. Really is, it is a religious following. And and but those of you. And those of you here in the U.S. that don't know about this, you know, the the USAFL has been going on now for 25 years, and there are about 50 clubs playing around the United States. So if you live in a major metropolitan area here in the United States, there is probably a club nearby to you. So if you're somebody who played gridiron football going in high school and you're still somebody who's young enough, I don't qualify uh, and still has that desire to still, you know, to still play a, a, a great game, you might want to check out the USAFL's website and find that local club and, and get yourself hitched up with them because there's some some wonderful people associated with that game all across the United States. And 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 through Twitter, this is this has been the one, you know, people obviously have got lots of negative things to say about social media, but this has been fantastic for an Aussie like me who's an NFL nut, who's an mm-hmm. AFL nut, who finds like-minded 
souls like yourself who we can have banter about both right, sports right. With, with equal passion. Yeah. Um, but then also, as we're talking online, more and more people are going, oh, hang on, what? You guys are talking about Aussie rules and gridiron. Oh, let's sort of join in. So, I've got, I've, you know, we're getting Australians mm-hmm. who are passionate of all clubs. I mean, even in our Browns backers, so I'm the vice president of the Melbourne Browns Backers Association. Mm-hmm. We've got on the books about 100 members, but we have a core group of about 10 of us at the moment um, and looking to expand that that have ties to St Kilda Football Club, Fremantle, believe it or not, Football mm-hmm. Club, um, Western Bulldogs, obviously myself as a Geelong. So, you know, we've got mixed bags, but this is the beauty of it. You can hang a bit of uh, rubbish on one another, but nobody takes it personally. Right, right. It's 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 unlike English soccer where it's very tribal, very, mm-hmm. very much a rival thing. And let's be honest, a nil-all score at 90 minutes is as boring as watching paint dry. Yeah, I'm... Um, you never. Yeah. I mean, you might get a score that's tied, but it's like ninety nine to ninety nine, or one hundred and twenty to one hundred and twenty. Exactly. You know, you're not exactly you're it's not still an exa- Yeah, I'm absolutely. Not, yeah. I I may anger a few people here, but I you know watching soccer as I'm going to call it, and you're in Australia, you have the Socceroos, so I think you refer to it as yeah. that as well because you've got you got a couple of other codes of football with you know with rugby, two different for- codes of rugby in the AFL and, and you know yes. or Aussie yep. rules there. Um, I, I joke with because I, I announced the high school football games at the school where I teach. I've been and also the boys and girls soccer. So I've been doing this will be my thirteenth or fourteenth year doing that. Um, cool. But I, I joke I joke that that soccer is a communist sport because they don't let you use all of your body parts. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, th- thou shalt yeah. thou shalt not use that part. Um, That's right. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah. So I just and you, tough, you're tough. spot on about the scoring on it. I mean, it, yes, it's it's exciting to watch the guys going up and down, you know, up and down the pitch, and you know, having the, the great shots on goal. But the, the the keepers are are terrific, and it's just you know, there's uh, it's you're right. There isn't a whole lot of scoring in it, and 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 yes, the skill. I, I'm not taking away anything from the skill. This they are skilled oh, no, athletes. No, no, no. They're skilled Absolutely. athletes, but. I, I'm going to go ahead, and this is a hill I will I will die on. I think the athletes that play in the AFL are far superior athletes than the top soccer players in the world. I think hands I, I, down they are, hands think, down I they think, are, and that's and that's 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 a that's a hill I'm willing to die on. I, I think you're absolutely right, and and if anyone does question it, and they are on the socials, mm-hmm. go to any of the AFL teams who are currently pre-season training. Now, remember that the seasons are flipped. So here in Australia, it's summer. We've just had a had a close on a week of, uh, and I'll do it in Fahrenheit because it's easier. No, you can do it. You can do it. In, you can do it in Celsius. I can. Yeah, just tell me, and I'll. Yeah, I can. Well, so it's it's been ranging between thirty, which is what about seventy five. Thirty Celsius is uh, about ninety two degrees Fahrenheit. Ninety two up to uh, forty degrees, which is a hundred. Yeah, it's about 110 Fahrenheit. Yeah, so we're talking like Phoenix weather. Yeah, you're talking yeah. absolutely. You're talking Arizona type weather. Um, and the boys have been on the track running, and mm-hmm. they are doing their their time trials. They are doing their some early ball skills, um, and they are sharpening up their skills essentially. But they right. are doing it in in weather that, from my understanding, from dealing with all. Uh, my Ohio and friends, you guys get about two weeks of that weather and it's sporadic, it's sporadic through the summer. Yes. Uh, we've had sort of about a week and a half of it bang as a as a full week and a half of it. So they've been training in that weather, in that heat, yeah. 
and and it has and, and then the humidity has played a little bit into it. So the mm-hmm. fatigue would be, you know, the recovery sessions would be just as important. So right. yeah, I, I would I would completely agree with you. Anyone get on on Instagram and go to you know Geelong uh, Geelong FC or um, uh, Hawthorne FC or Essendon FC, whoever you mm-hmm. you might have an affiliation with. Um, uh, and the other, I suppose, the thing I'm, I'm, I know you've spoken about it previously is every club has a, has a fantastic theme song. Yes, you know, yes. I think that's another pretty cool thing. You know, it's a bit like um, uh, Rocky Top. Yeah, for, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, well, it's been the – That's West is that Virginia or West Virginia University? Uh, the Mountaineers. Mountaineers. They're the Mountaineers, have, yes. Uh, yeah, they have the Rocky Top song that, sort of as uh, their theme that's song. Tennis, that's Tennessee that oh, has Rocky Top. Sorry. Yep. Right next door, apologies. though. Right next door. Tennessee. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, ha- they have that song, and I know um, uh, Penn State have got their song that they mm-hmm. play, and mm-hmm. there's a few other teams that are now starting to sort of pick up those third down or three-quarter time songs. Oh, yeah. If your club wins, you the, the team belts out a song, and, and some of them are, are absolute crackers and, and quite, a, quite a awe-inspiring, I think. Right. Well, the cats, the cat song has been the alarm on my phone that I, that I've woken up to now for the last five years. So that, that's my alarm. It's so at five o'clock in the morning, we are Thank Geelong. The, so I'm at every single morning. And you know what? I never miss my alarm. No, I, I never miss I my alarm. Yep. It, it, it is one of those, it is an awe-inspiring song. The other one that you, you dip your, you dip your lid to as we here is um both north melbourne and richmond they have very mm-hmm. uh awe-inspiring almost you know run through the wall type song after right, even right. though you just played a game at 120 minutes of football yeah. you know the song is is so passionate and especially if they if north melbourne do their long version which has got a bit at the start which not a lot of people know about it's uh yeah, it's very very cool yeah it's uh it is very uh it it's it's it is something that that is unique in in footy because we don't have it here in the United States. You know, as as much as people are fans of the NFL and fans of baseball and basketball and in the NHL and that sort of thing, I I have said on a number of episodes of the podcast, I believe that there is a true love affair that goes on between AFL club supporters and, and even I think the other state leagues as well between those clubs and their supporters. I, I truly believe there's an absolute love affair that goes on between the two of them because the clubs are, they're not privately owned. You know, if you're an NFL fan, the, the AFL clubs are very much like the green Bay Packers where they're, they're, they're owned by, if you will, by the supporters and they are, they're financed by the supporters memberships and that type of thing. And it's, it's, uh, there well is, a deal, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. a symbiotic relationship there. And, you know, real quickly, as far as the athlete thing, before I forget about this, you know, one of the things that, you know, you look at some of these, these midfielders and such during the course of the game, you know, they, they were a, a GPS device where they track their, their, their distance. And some of these, some of these players are running 12, 13, 14, 15 kilometers during the course of a game, you know, yep. it, you know, who are running Absolutely. anywhere between six, eight, nine miles during the course of a game while getting, and I'm going to use a technical term here, getting the shit knocked out of them and getting decleated on a regular basis and getting back up and running some more. Absolutely, you are a hundred percent correct. You know they'll they'll get the wind knocked out of them. Mm-hmm. They'll take a 30, 30 second breather, have a have a drink of water, probably have a quiet spew as well, but then straight back into it. You know yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah, that that, yeah. that six, 
you know, that 6 to 10 mile that they're running, and they're not doing it necessarily at uh, half rat pace. A lot of it's at, you know, half to three-quarter sprint, never mind the full sprints. Right, right. When, they, when, they're, when they're chasing down people to tackle them and the tackling. If you're an NFL fan or even an NHL fan, the tackling will get you, surely. Mm-hmm. You know, wrapping these, you know, the, the, all these guys are, are ranging in the sort of 200-pound uh, uh, mark of, yeah. of, of body weight and they're running equivalent of, you know, four fours to five second forties, if not yeah. less. Um, and they're hitting at full tilt. And when you, you see it, because they don't wear anything but sleeveless jumpers, apart from our mate Brad Close, who's a full sleeve wearer, when they hit, you actually, it's a bit like a boxer. You see that sweat and perspiration go Fly off, of them. Off, yes. off them. And yes. you go, oh, oh that hurt. Oh, yes. I'm glad they're getting, I'm glad that, that's yeah. not me. Exactly. Because I, exactly. I remember getting those hits. Uh-huh. I I didn't I didn't get a lot of those. I was on the I was on the football team when I was in high school. Yep. But I was terrible. I was an awful player. I I I I joke with my I teach high school and I coached yes. for a few years as well before I started announcing when my kids were young or before my daughter was born. But I used to I used to joke and tell them that the, my students that I was so far down on the depth chart that I needed scuba gear. I was, I was, I was, I was terrible. And I've had, I've had, I've had the children of classmates of mine that I went to school with, who's their dads evidently told them different stories about their glory days of playing football in high school. And I'm thinking, man, your dad was just as bad as I was. He was standing on the sidelines right next to me. He never got in the game either. He was, he was gassing up my cylinder while I was diving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what do you think that the the AFL could do here? Again, like I said, we'll, we'll, last year they didn't get any games on until I think round six. They hadn't I worked out. That. It's like they forgot to do the contract. To, so there were no games on for like the first five weeks of the season. And then yeah. there'll be, you know, like four games on. And there might be like an 11.30 p.m. start and a 2 o'clock and then a 5 o'clock. And then maybe the next night there might be another 11 o'clock start, which would I think be the, the Sunday afternoon game. Um, yes, yep. But they, they they don't they don't advertise and it's done through Fox Sports here Fox Sports one and Fox Sports two they don't advertise the games at all they don't say hey you know set your DVR record this to watch later on I mean what could the what could the AFL do to be marketing this game better here well since since you asked me about it I was actually sort of thinking about it the fact that I don't know if it's made its way to Ohio but the NFL has decided that Australia is Rams country. Uh-huh. So apparently, apparently there are talks of a game. Now, sadly, it's going to be in Sydney um, because, as you well know from your discussions with, with your fellow Americans, they they only know Sydney because of the, the coat hanger that is the Sydney Harbour Bridge. And, you know, that's kind of what gets publicised, yet the vast majority of big sporting events are in Melbourne. But mm-hmm. that's a... That's a cross-town rivalry or a cross-state rivalry that you know I have to wear as wear as a cross on my shoulders. But anyway, right, right. so apparently, yeah, we're Rams country, and I don't know how quite that all worked out. But I'm presuming it's because it's in LA and the flights are cheap. Um, <laughs> good, good, I, good, I, good point. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. It's, 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 a, it's a non-stop from there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this is where the AFL needs to get on board. The AFL, if there is going to be a game. Mm-hmm with the Rams, whether or not it's a practice game or whatever it is, there needs to be an AFL game 
before it. That needs mm-hmm. to be recorded and put through not FS1 or Fox Soccer or whatever it's called. It needs to mm-hmm. go on the main Fox channel if Fox is doing it. Yeah. Somehow come up in a, with an agreement with either ESPN, CBS, whoever else, to get it on mm-hmm. there if it's a if it's a pre leading up to that particular game. So that might be just enough to, you know, hook hook things in. The AFL needs to engage and I know they do sort of at a community level, like you were saying before, there's some kids obviously starting to do Oz Kick, which is for the right, Little right. which is fantastic, which is where we need to we need to get into because um and this is what would be the big difference uh is is it's a bit like soccer for parents if they're worried right up until about the under 10s or under 12s there's no tackling there's no tackling allowed so mm-hmm. we're prote- we're protecting the head and neck we're protecting the the kids well-being and they're learning lots and lots of skills and teamwork and camaraderie and being part of a team even you know even though you were uh, you know looking after all the diving equipment yes. still being part of <laughs> still being part of that uh, part of that team is is something i don't know i think it's it's character building it it, it Teaches you other things, mm-hmm. and and Australian rules like a like a a, a, a gridiron or American football locker room is a lot of diverse cultures, colours, languages, and mm-hmm. uh, and religions, and you know, and that's where you break down barriers. So it's it's cult it's culturally significant, it's emotionally significant, it's it's camaraderie, it's respect. You learn obviously the same as with coaches. You that's coach. Right, right. Or, Mr. or Mr. Whomever or mm-hmm. Mrs. Whomever. Right. You know, you, you're learning respect. You're learning to look after one another. You back your teammates. You're learning skills that are invaluable. That's just, you know, that's just a humble, grumpy old uh, yeah. uh, uh, paramedic's view on the world. <laughs> now, I, had, I, I, spoke to, uh, I spoke to somebody last night, and they had, they had a really interesting point on this. And we, you know, they said that uh, they thought that one of the things that maybe the league should do was to try as you as you just said that you know that the NFL has decided that that Australia is Rams country. Now, I'm guessing that you're going to say uh, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, but uh, but there may be but there may be some you know people coming to the NFL that haven't or that are in Australia that maybe have not made the commitment to a club, but they're they're kind of foisting that club upon Australia, blanketing it there. They actually said something kind of in reciprocal. They basically said that, you know, maybe the AFL should then promote a specific club here to get people on board with a specific club, you know, whether it be a a Carlton or a Geelong or I don't know if you want, if you want to bump up a club, why not a GWS or a Gold Coast? Correct. You know, so Gold Coast would would be good because you could you could put it somewhere in one of the cooler climates, not necessarily mm-hmm. Ohio, because I'd like Geelong to go there, but that's just between you, me, and a gatepost. Um, but you go, uh, you know, Gold Coast, a great holiday destination mm-hmm. because the exchange rate is great. It's like Florida without the Floridians. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, because again, you know, for those of you, those of you here in the United States, again, in Australia, when you retire, you go north to get warm. Yes. 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 <laughs> it, 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 it warms up the arthritis. Yes. Um, um, and and don't believe all the uh, all the the TikTok videos where every creature is out to kill you. That's only ninety seven point three five percent of creatures in Australia out. Yes. Yeah. They're not all. It's not all. Yes. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. I, the water's safe. I, don't worry yes. About it. Watch out for the drop bears. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah. I, I'm I'm well versed at the drop bears. Yes, I have a 
I have a friend that used to, he's, he's now moved inland in, uh, in Queensland, but he used to live on Russell Island right off the coast of Brisbane oh, yeah. for a number of years. And he's now moved inland a few hundred kilometers, but he used to joke about the drop bears and that sort of thing. And he'd send me videos yeah. of, of people getting duped into looking out for the drop bears and that sort of thing. But you know, it's, yeah. I just, I, as, as I've said on, in the other discussions I've had here, if, if, if the league, if, if the AFL could just figure out how to get 1% of us interested one yes. percent of us is ten percent of Australia's population. Correct. And think about what that could mean to merchandising, international memberships. All of those resources could then be could then be turned around to, you know, establishing new clubs, Tassie, Darwin. You know, putting together an actual stadium where they can play the game during the season in Darwin without people dropping like flies and having to spend half time in a refrigerator. Correct. Uh, <laughs> You know, yep, uh, absolutely. 100%. You know, you, you, you know, uh, concussion research, things of that. You know, uh, growing the game at the local level. There's so many things they could do with it. Even just general injury and rehab. There, yeah, there yeah. Is and and th then television negotiation rights become more valuable mm -hmm. because if that one percent grows to one point five percent to two percent over a right, you know, right. two de two decades, all of a sudden, yeah. plus you throw in, like I said, the Oz kick, and then you start getting these these grant grassroots game growing mm -hmm. you've now got another pool to draw on for your draft that's true too yeah you're exactly right yeah yeah you know, and, and, you, and you've got the you've got the other the other um overall things of of general safety and well-being of right. living in australia right because there's go a, down all those yeah. paths but yeah. yeah you know what i'm you know but there's yeah about. there's a there's a lot of uh, uh for those of you here in the u.s there are a, quite a few athletes in the AFL and in the women's comp, we haven't even mentioned the AFLW who right. have come over from playing Gaelic football in Ireland. Yes. You know, and uh, you know, so they, that, that, that comp translates pretty well to, to Aussie rules. You know, I don't think the tackling is involved there, but uh, it's, no, it's not quite the bumping is there. Yeah. Yes. But it's, it's, yeah. it's just, it's, this is just a, a, it's a dynamic game. And, and I, I have said, time and time again that i think i think it's the greatest game on the planet you know I, I i know that somebody that i talked to last night and i've heard the term before they talk about it being aerial ping pong and they said that's usually coming from the rugby states and i said well it's because usually rugby rugby players don't have any kind of a vertical leap they can get what two three centimeters off the ground that's Correct. it so they're, yeah. they're just jealous of the aerial ping pong Correct. Um, i mean i can get like one sheet of paper underneath my vertical folded in half mind you uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, well, that's right. It's like a pizza menu. It's like a exactly. pizza menu. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, and that's the other thing is too. You know, the, the high flying marks. Now they're not as they're not as uh, prevalent these days. But when they happen, as we call them, a specky or a screamer, you know, the crowds erupt. You know, you're mm -hmm. talking about a a six foot two bloke flying on the back or shoulders of another six foot two bloke and hanging onto the football, coming mm -hmm. down with it. You know. Right. They only need to go through YouTube and have a look. You know, your American listeners that might be, you know, uh, have not been so familiar with with the game. But you know, all they need to do is is look at Aussie Rules or AFL, and then big marks, big yes. tackles, and you'll see a hundred videos pop up yeah. in a nanosecond, and you will see what the game's about. Now, yeah. the game that you might, some of the games you might watch from the seventies and eighties, the skill level has increased exponentially. 
but the uh, the biffo, as we like to call it, the violence has, has subsided. Yes, I was gonna. Yeah, I was. That's one of the things I was gonna ask you is if you were to if you were to recommend to an NFL fan, and they could probably find the game. They could probably find that game on YouTube. Is there a game that stands out to you where you would say? Watch this game as a good introductory, and and I would say probably not the nineteen eighty nine grand final. As sad as sad and as traumatic as that is for me, that was a yeah. brilliant game. That was a brilliant oh, it, game. Oh, it was. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, yeah. of course, you had the first first ten seconds. You got somebody, you know, just getting punched and knocked out. You know, somebody, <laughs> yeah, Mark, you know, Mark Yates. Uh, Mark Yates taking it was it was a Dipper or Dermy? I think it might have been Mark Yates. It was it was it was, it was, it was Dermy because Dipper ended up with a collapsed lung, if I'm not mistaken. Correct, yeah, yeah, yeah had a, had a punctured lung. And this is the difference, you know. These blokes were genuine, genuine hard nuts. Mm-hmm. They were they were as tough as nails, you know. They're, they're in the same category as, um, you know, your Reggie Whites, your Clay Matthews, your um, uh, Chris Spielman, you know, those sorts of real hard nut linebacker type, DN type blokes. That They were the enforcers on the team. And, and if I could think of some of the hockey players I, I watched way back when, you know, that's the same sort of thing. They were the enforcers of the I whole thing. Can't help you there. Can't help you there with hockey. Yeah, and and the thing is, um, they're doing it without pads on. Correct. Correct. Yes. Um, but I think for for like high skill, fast moving game, the first half to three quarters of last year's grand final, I think even the grand final, sadly that we lost against Richmond, mm-hmm. was it eighteen nineteen? Um, that was twenty twenty. 2020 up in yeah. uh, that was up in Queensland. That's right. Yep. Um, that was a high skill, fast moving, good game of football with some right. big tackles. Right. Um, what was it? 1992 Geelong v Essendon at the MCG. Gary Ablett. I was at that game. That's why I'm, I'm, I can't remember if it was 91 or 92. Uh, Paul Salmon kicked nine goals in a winning team. Ablett. Senior kicked eleven or twelve in a losing team, and in one of the goals he kicks, um, I had hair back then. <laughs> um, <laughs> he he kicks kind of a banana around the the corner and ends up on his bum and back and his arms in the air, and you can see me and my group of mates just behind him in the in the forward pocket of um, of uh, the, the old Great Southern Stand at the MCG, and that was a cracking game. That mm-hmm. was a wet weather. That was a wet weather game, so there was a fair bit of mud around. Um, again, high flying, good skills. Yeah, yeah. So those are sort of a couple of games that you know you can sink your teeth into. Yeah, I, there's there's so many, and I'm gonna I'm going to put in the show notes for all the episodes with regards to this this group of episodes. I am going to put some links to some YouTube uh, videos that you may want to check out in terms of just seeing what the game is all about because I I just I. I, I and I know that there are that the AFL is they're geared towards Australia because it's it's your game. Yes. We're just we're just hoping to you know to be able to shit you know share a little bit of it not not to commandeer it that's that's, that's not my no. that's not my desire at no. all it's just you know we're I'm wanting to just to tell my my fellow Americans that I'm kind of pointing out the side like see this this is awesome and yeah, yeah. if if you if you saw it and if you're an NFL fan. And if you if you like soccer, because I I've called it a combination of um, of American football, rugby, soccer, cross country running, basketball, mixed martial arts, and, and calculus, arts. and and calculus. Yeah. 
And calculus, absolutely, <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, there, it's funny. Um, there was a uh, – back in the 70s and 80s, there was a fantastic commentators um, that went, that, that uh, most of them have sadly passed, and but they were the the – of my generation of callers, and mm-hmm. one of the famous one of the famous ones, um, I'm, I'm almost certain it was either Harry, a bloke by the name of Harry Beitzel or uh, or famous uh, Captain Blood Jack Dyer, who was a Richmond legend, Richmond captain. Um, there was a player who kicked uh, kicked a, a goal, and his response wasn't. It might have even been Peter Dacos, to be honest. He's kicked it on such a tight angle, the ball's been stuck between the goalposts. You know, like a. Huh. And that's your that's your geometry, trigonometry, and everything else. You know, like yeah. the, the angle. You know, it looks like because the ball's spinning on a on a, on a flat, and the way it curves is almost like a like a slider or a uh, or a knuckleball in some regards. Yeah, it is. Um, it is an absolutely wonderful game. Now, if you were to, if you were, um tasked by Gil on his way out Gil McLaughlin the leader of the AFL that like the commissioner I can't remember his what is he's not the president of the AFL is he what, what do they call oh, him? Yeah, I think he's the, the CEO. chair the CEO yeah the CEO of the yeah, AFL yeah, yeah. Um, but he, he's on his way out he's going to be replaced here yes. maybe soon because I keep hearing rumblings that he's gonna he's gonna head up to to get to get things together for the Olympics is that have you been hearing those rumblings yeah there's that's been around and then there was um there was something else he was going Commonwealth Games possibly fix it might be yeah it was one of them yeah okay but you know if you're if you're tasked by the afl um to solve the america problem in terms of getting more eyes on the game what would be what would be the like the top three things that you would put on your list that you would present to them i think make it more accessible insofar as with a tv channel you know, I don't know. I don't know how many subscribers those particular scro- uh, services have, um, and, and and it becomes an interesting now prospect with the fact of um, uh, Amazon Prime TV taking off here. Mm-hmm. Um, can, could there be some sort of collab like what they did with the NFL over there, going on 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 that? Um, make it more accessible. Um, Introduce it um, to the schools. Offer it like the Oz Kick as an introductory to the schools. You know, yeah. pick out, pick out. I don't know, twenty or thirty schools in 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 each state that you know have got half reasonable facilities, um, and even some of the the places that are lower socioeconomic, because you know. Money, money doesn't. You don't need much to do. The, to equi- play the equipment rules. for this kind of a game is 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 significantly cheap. reduced. Yes, cheap, cheap. You literally, I mean, you don't need the the jerseys that the team's got. You could literally have a an a, a black t shirt and a white t shirt. Mm-hmm. There's your two teams. You know, you can go to Walmart, I'm sure, and get one for a dollar a t shirt. Yeah. Um, when the weather's fine, you don't need football cleats. You can just use Runners, like you right, know, during right. the during the during the preseason at the moment, the boys are all in runners ninety nine percent of the time because the grounds are as uh, you know hard rock, rock hard anyway. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you know, you can get away with it quite cheaply. All you mm-hmm. need is someone then on the school grounds 
with the drive and the passion to take these kids, boys and girls, and again, right. this is what makes it great. Right. There's no, there's no there's no dissemination. It, it, when I was coaching, I was kicked with my my little fella who's now nine. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, thirty or forty boys and about ten girls. You know, this is three or four years ago. This is pre-COVID. Yeah. Um, and, and it was growing, and and it's just that like his his old team has two girls teams. So mm-hmm. there's no there's no issue of letting your girl play. Like there's some fantastic women footballers that are getting around uh, um, in in lower grades that are now looking being looked at by the AFL club. So you know it's got such a, a potential for a, a little growth. And if you get the kids involved, well mum and dad want to know what's going on. What are you doing? Right. Why, right. why are you kicking that oblong ball? Why yeah. aren't you throwing? Oh we don't throw, we handball. Yeah. All of a sudden all of a sudden, mum or dad's in the backyard or in the front yard and you get the little kids playing kick-to-kick in the street like I did growing up. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, I was lucky that, you know, I grew up like yourself in a much calmer and quieter time and I grew up in a dead-end street. But we had all the neighbourhood kids come around on their bikes and we'd play kick-to-kick. Right, right. You know, you know for hours on end. And that's just as fun as that, you know, because you're honing your skills there. You yeah, know, it, you can, you're absolutely right. Yeah, it is. It's... Even the you know, balls are not that expensive. Yeah, I mean, I have, I, I up here. Well, I have a, a a 2011 signed ball that somebody sent me, and I've got a catch ball that I bought. And up at the top, it's it's not a Sharon, it's a Burley. I'm sorry, but it's, it was, no, no, it was inexpensive. Right. But yeah, and then uh, I have one from a gentleman by the name of Michael Gallus, who works for an organization or runs an organization called Footies for All, who donates yeah. balls and cleats and that sort of. He's in he's in Melbourne, but he donates balls and cleats and such all over for soccer, basketball, footy all over the world. And yeah, just, so yeah, yeah, he's just, he's an absolute hero in my opinion. Yeah. Absolute yeah. wonderful man. Well, yep. uh, and the kid, and the kids, for example, here in, in Australia, when they sign up to Oz kick, they get a little welcome pack. And one of the mm-hmm. items in the welcome pack is a kid's size footy. Right. right. So they, they, it's a bit like basketball, you know, there's four, five, six, you know, sizes. It's the, it's the size is the right size for their little hands. Yeah. So they don't get overwhelmed and scared by the size right. of a, an adult ball. It is quite, look, it, it, it's, it's not cheap. We know that, you know, the, yeah. the whole concept of the thing isn't going to be cheap. Yeah. But like you said, you get that 1% with the potential of 1% growth every decade in viewership. Yeah. It becomes, it becomes quite economical. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. And, and, I, and I think, let's be honest, it's across all organisations from government to private, a lot of people can't see the forest for the trees. I think you're right there. I think you're right. It's, uh, yeah. We've always we've always done it this way. Mm-hmm. We, can, we can only do it this way. But we know that that's not right. Yeah, I mean, look at look at look at what baseball is doing to the rules. Of course, they can change them. Not necessarily for the better, but they can certainly change them. Correct. Yeah, it's called an amendment for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> before before we wrap up here, um, and you know, and back in 2020, when before COVID hit, there was actually supposed to be a game for points here because Essendon and GWS were supposed to come play in Los Angeles. And maybe yes. that maybe that was the arrangement that was worked out because I I guess that that Sydney game with the Rams is supposed to take place in twenty twenty four. I believe so. Yes, from what I've heard, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I haven't yeah, seen I anything know. about that because the uh, Daz that I talked to last night mentioned that to me. Uh, yeah. So that was the first I'd heard but, about that. 
that's why Kyle Brandt was out here late last year. That was the oh. start of the launch. And then there's um, there's a whole lot of stuff on, I think it's ESPN Australia, with mm-hmm. NFL, NFL Australia, and they do make mention of, you know, as I said, Rams country and all this. And I, I can tell you that the uh, Browns backers boys up in Sydney um, – uh, and then, the, and obviously the Melbourne group were mm-hmm. far from impressed. And there was a bit of a bombardment of tweets saying, you know, "From you guys, Melbourne, yeah, 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 Melbourne yeah. and Ohio, Melbourne and Ohio, or Melbourne and Cleveland are far more alike than LA and Sydney." You know, yeah. I, and again, I've, I've I've only been to LA a couple of times, and I get to Cleveland on a somewhat regular basis. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I of course I haven't been to a, I haven't been to an Indians or Guardians game in. Gosh, it's been probably four or five years now. I mean, I used to take yeah. my son. I used to take my son all the time, but you know, he played. He, you know, he played the travel baseball, which you know, you yeah. And that's what that's one of the other things about the game, as I'd mentioned to you before we started recording about how you have the local communities that have mm-hmm. the that have the the local footy club that's for that that suburb or that small yes. town, and that that is the hub around which the whole wheel of that town rolls. And Very it's, much so in country. We, we, we don't have we don't have that here. Yes, no. you, you might have you might have a, a like a little league baseball league where all the kids get together and play, but they're not they're not playing for like the same club. They're playing against one another, which is which is certainly okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah but, absolutely. But you know, as kids get get older, um, you know they 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 might begin to specialize. But you know, you might play AAU basketball where you're playing. You know, it might be two of you from this school, two from this school, three from here. And you go and you play in the su- in like a summer league, or you play travel baseball, like my son did. Because my son told me when he was when he was nine, you know, he played in the local league up until he was nine, and he came home one day, and he said to me, he said, "Dad, I I, I like my friends, but I don't want to play baseball with anybody anymore." Which I was like, "Okay." He said, "Because I don't care what the snack is after the game," because that was yeah. that was his way of telling me I want something more competitive than just going out and goofing around. So you know, he ended up you know. He play. He then played another, you know, while he was in, you know, middle school and high school and that sort of thing. The you know, last couple of years of elementary school, he played like nine years of travel baseball along with the high school baseball team as well. He played on the club team at college. Um, you know, he didn't. You know, he didn't have the time to play on try to try out for the actual school team. But as he said, at the school he went to, he said the club team was actually better than the school's team anyway. Uh, but uh, you know, we well, we, I mean, we drove. We would drive. Suburb. At the end of my street, mm-hmm. I have a football club, a cricket club, and a baseball club. Mm-hmm. All at the end of my street. So, so my kids could go from Auskick through to veterans. So there's a veterans team as well. So for over 35s. Mm-hmm. Um, um, and then, there's, oh, hang on, there was Super Rules and then Veterans. So like Super Rules is, I think, 35 to... 45 and then or 44 and then 45 plus is is veterans and there's blokes that are running around there in their in their early to mid 50s still getting a kick on a Sunday afternoon they play but they play like 10 minute quarters mm-hmm. but they're running around playing a kick and, and they're the, still same doing it, yeah. Yeah, yeah still doing it and same with the baseball club the baseball club has has uh four or five adult teams mm-hmm. and the fourths and the, the fourths and the fifths are either the juniors that are showing a little bit of promise so they get a bit of mentoring and coaching from all the right, old right. crusty blokes, yeah. Or the, the old crusty blokes like me and you that want to retire but still want to have a hit on a casual. And I think they play four innings. Okay. Yeah, four or five innings. So it's not even yeah. a stressful. Well, maybe for two hours. 
yeah. just a window. However many, and, and if you get in in two hours, done. Yeah, it makes it makes sense. But yeah, it's uh. So before we wrap up, uh, are the Browns making the playoffs next year? Can I sit tight and wait and see what happens in the draft and uh, and, sure. and off season? Sure. Sure. Because we have got a lot to do. Yeah. We need, we need to sort out our secondary. We need to sort out our D tackle issue. Yes, yes. We, we, we need some linebackers and we need a pop the top off, top off at receiver. Because mm-hmm. sadly, I don't think Schwartz is the guy. I don't think so either. I mean, I don't he, think I hate. Uh... Now, he might be good as I've heard and seen on the special teams as a gunner, because he's mm-hmm. got that speed, he can get down and he cannot obviously block. But let's be honest, we're not going to pay millions of dollars for a, a gunner. No, no, we can go. No. You, they can find somebody that's an undrafted free agent and bring them in for that purpose there. He's correct. He, he, he uh, I believe that he went to, I don't know if you're familiar with this boxer, but the Roberto Duran school of, of, of pass catching skills, you know, cause they used to call him hands of stone. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, yeah, 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 and what you know, his thing he he got beat. I remember, I don't remember if it was Thomas Hearns or Sugar Ray Leonard that beat him, but he you know, he's puts his hands up in the fight and no moss, no moss, you know. So, you know, I think we're kind of at that point now with with uh, young Mr. Schwartz, you know, no moss, we don't want any more, just you know, no. go 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 see if you can still train and be a track star. And, you know, this is, this was a nice novelty. I, I, I don't think he's going to get another contract this year after this one runs out. No, no. Cause I think, um, what have we got him? We got him for two years as a third round or fourth I th- round. Yeah, or... I think, I think they've got him. They either took him in the third. I think they've got him for another, at least another year after this one, I believe. So, yeah. Unless, unless he's, um, you know, spent some time down here in Australia with, you know, blokes like Adam Gilchrist and all that sort of stuff, learning how to catch. Yeah, I don't think he's uh, – or he yeah. has to go and find some of that old 1970s stick'em. Yes. Which, from, the, which, from the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, which, you know, they could – I mean, they have the gloves that the kids wear that are really, really sticky. And I don't know if yeah. he just you – know, I don't know if he just chooses not to wear those, if he left them out in the rain. I'm not sure what he did with them, but it's a, it's just – yeah. It also helps to have your eyes open when you catch the ball. But anyway, that's just a ball. This is true. And again, you know, and again, I was I was a terrible player. He has made it to the NFL, so I can't I can't denigrate him too much. No, 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 no. I didn't make no. I didn't make it off the bench on my team. I I uh I joked when when I was coaching we went back to play. There were a couple the school that I went to is across town from where I teach. And I actually live in that school district, but uh we went back to play the other school that shares their field with them. And we were walking with our gear to the visitor's sideline, one of the other coaches and I, and I, and I, and I were walking over there and I told him, I said, you know, I was on the team here for four years. This is the most time I ever spent on this field. <laughs> Just walking to the other side. <laughs> Not even in warmups. <laughs> Not even. In, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was just, Oh, I was, I was bad. I was bad. And I, and I just, it was, I just, I, I, I'm glad that I did it, but I just, I was terrible and I'm, and I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid to say that. I'm not ashamed to say it. I just, it is what I was. It just was, you know, I just, I didn't have my heart in it at all at that point in time. And and that's the, that's the thing too, but with Aussie rules is that even, and and that's the thing, different sizes, you know, we've gone away. We we seem to go through, I was actually thinking about this before we went through a period of almost every player looked like every other player. There were, Mm -hmm. they were all six foot, 
six foot to six foot two between 75 and 90 kilos. Right, right. And now we've actually, now we've actually gone back to some small forwards. We've gone mm-hmm. back to big ruckman. We've gone back to some big, well-built, solid centre-half and uh, centre-half back and centre-half forward type players that, right. that are your, your hardman. You've gone to speedy wingers and all this sort of stuff. So even even kids that are doubting themselves um, for their query lack of skill mm-hmm. could actually be very good Aussie rules footballers because the skill sets are different and they mm-hmm. might actually have a good eye-hand coordination, i.e., as I was saying before, handballs. Right, and right. then they can then they can learn the kicking skills, or they might be a good kicker. They can learn the hand skills. Right, they right. might have great great aerobic capacity. They can learn the other skills. You know what I mean? So yeah, it, this is another this is another positive for the fact that you know, and it's eighteen aside, and you need twenty two on a team anyway because you've got four interchange. Mm-hmm. And so, and you know, and well and one uh, one sub now. Yeah, yeah, but not yeah. not a medical sub now. So that I think that's going to be really interesting to see how they deploy that person this year. When we when yes. we did this we did the Sydney preview, I was talking with the you know, the the folks from Bevy of Bloods podcast, and uh, you know we talked about you know about how how are they going to rest Buddy Franklin, and I said, well, I I have a feeling with this new rule with the uh, with the sub, I mean you might find a situation where if if the Swans are up by four or five or six goals at halftime. Buddy might get the second half of that game off, and they might bring the sub on to help keep him fresh for the next week. Yes, yeah, yeah. Get get as much out of those old legs as they can. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Or, or if they or if they're down by forty points, drag mm-hmm. it. Yeah, exactly. Yes, I, I. Well, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to use the other side of the coin no. with the Swan supporters, especially after what what was the score of that game? It was oh, it's oh, there it is. It's one thirty three to fifty two. Yes, for those of you that don't know, yeah. that was the grand final score that the Cats beat the Swans last year. So, and let's be honest, that that fifty two shouldn't have been fifty two. But like uh, a lot of sports, there was some junk time points yes. scored. Yes, there was. Yes, there was. Yeah. So, um, if somebody is in the Melbourne area and wants to get involved with the Browns backers, how do they go about doing that? Um, they can they can reach out to. Uh, through the Cleveland Browns website. Um, there's a, a, a link in the actual website to find a local Browns backers. Okay. And that sh- sends an email to, or if they're on um, on the socials, um, we have a, a Twitter a- account that's um, at capital M, capital T, Ound. So it's M Town Browns 1. So it's capital M, capital T, O W N, capital B. Rounds number one, and that's our um, that's our Twitter account. So they can reach out to that. Okay. Um, and then we have also got a um, a, a Facebook group um, that is, uh, funnily enough, it's just Browns Backers Melbourne on Facebook, and it's got the uh, it's got the international uh, Browns Backers logo, which is um, Brown of the Elf with the big shield, and. Cool. Um, um, and and the dog pound backing is the logo, so yeah, they can uh, reach out to any of those ones and, um, and and go from there. Outstanding. And then we'll and then we'll um we'll bring them into the into the group. Um, we have a, a WhatsApp group as well, and we've got um, stuff that we're planning for. We we try and have a, a lunch once a month, and those okay. that can make it go, those that don't can't, you know, or those that now, can't don't. Well, with with this with the way the schedule and the terms of the times the games are played, you guys generally don't get together to watch the games, do you? Uh, they have. 
Okay, okay. With with with, with my roster, because I, I do a, a strange roster with my with my career. Mm-hmm. Uh, the boys have met, but we do and have met for our lunchtime games. So, uh, or lunchtime in Australia, because most of the games are about four o'clock in the morning, three four right, o'clock right. a.m. Melbourne time, Monday morning mm-hmm. for the Sunday for the one thirty Sunday games. Um, but for example, uh, we had a, a bit of a shindig. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, Cleveland Browns Monday night game, uh, the one that was what thirty seven forty two, where uh, where Lamar had the uh, uh, the accident. Yeah, <laughs> but then somehow we lost that game as well. Um, yeah, so we, and we do do those those sorts of games that end up you know like the Halloween game. The boys all met up. I was working, unfortunately, but the boys all met up for uh, beers and and uh, and food at a pub, and you know we get we, we move around pubs um, okay. because we don't actually have a Browns backers bar per se. Okay. And the fact that in Melbourne and anyone from Melbourne listening knows is we have a fantastic public transport system. The trains run into the centre of the city, but they've also got great peripheral. Um, suburbs with great pubs and and if we can organize with some of the pubs we ring ahead and they'll go yeah come on in and you know we'll bring in you know half a dozen ten blokes in and they're happy because they'll spend a ton of money on it over the bar and we're just looking to grow it and make it more of a traditional browns back as we're going to start to try and raise some funds for some charity work do some charity work to really get the name out there and that sort of stuff so yeah yeah yeah, we've got a couple of charities in mind that we're going to work with and yeah yeah outstanding outstanding well dave this has been an absolute pleasure sir and uh I'm hoping that we get some. More, I hope we get some more people involved with the game here in the states. Um, and uh, I'm, I wish you all the best. And of course, you know, I hope I hope your teams do well this year. You too, my friend. You too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, my guest. Yeah, my guest has been Dave Evan Smith uh, from Melbourne, the Melbourne Browns backers. And uh, Dave, thanks so much for sitting down and chatting with me. I truly, truly appreciate it, sir. Craig, thanks, mate. You're a legend. Keep up the great work. Cheers to you. All right, David. Hey, man, thanks for uh, sitting down to talk with me. I know we we trade lots of messages and such back and forth over on Twitter, and uh, it's always great chatting with you, and it was great to actually chat with you in person from 15,000 kilometers away, and I would be remiss if I didn't say, go Browns. Now, ladies and gentlemen, remember that you can find everything about my podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. If you go over there, I do hope you'll get on the uh, mailing list. So when new episodes come out, they'll be in your inbox about 45 seconds after they've been released. Uh, if you enjoy the podcast, I hope you'll click on that review button up at the top and uh, share a review for the podcast. You can either do it at uh, Apple Podcasts. I think Spotify as well, or right there on the website. Helps to trigger that algorithm and get it in front of more ears. And if you want to help out the show uh, monetarily, you certainly can do that. You can click on that little buy me a coffee button in the bottom left-hand corner. That helps keep the lights on, paying for all the fees and such to uh, to run the show. I don't have a Patreon, so I don't put anything behind a paywall or anything like that. Everything that I produce goes out for everybody to hear. And if you got an idea for a uh, guest for a podcast, if you're an NFL fan who may be new to the AFL, or you may be interested in uh, learning more about the AFL, reach out. I'd love to talk to you about it. I'd love to to uh, share with you my love for the game, and maybe that might help to garner an interest in you as well. Now, ladies and gentlemen, look out for one another. Check on your friends. Make sure they're okay. Let them know you're okay. If you need to talk to somebody, please, please reach out to them. Talk to them. 
I have numbers for organizations like Beyond Blue and that sort of thing in my show notes. And uh, if you need to do so, please reach out to those people. Also, if you are here uh, as an NFL fan and you are curious about the AFL, there is a Google Doc that I have linked in the show notes that has about a dozen different uh, YouTube videos about the game, a um, couple introductory ones explaining the game a little bit, and then showing some showing some great goals, great marks, catches, if you will, speckies, um, as well as the uh, video of last year's grand final. Think Super Bowl. And I, spoiler alert, my team won. And I'm pretty stoked about that. But again, look out for each other, folks. Let everybody know that you care. All right. And I appreciate all of the kind words from each and every one of you that have reached out. It truly, truly means the world to me. I, I This labor of love that I'm doing here with, with your wonderful game, I, I appreciate you being so accepting of me. And I can't thank you enough for that. And if you're new to the podcast, I close out each episode the same way. Ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 245 of A Yank on the Footy. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on on Twitter or to yankonthefooty at gmail.com. A Yank on the Footy podcast on Facebook. A Yank on the Footy on Instagram. You can find my name, Craig Wessels, on Facebook as well as on LinkedIn as well if you want to connect over there. I do hope that you'll share the episode with your friends and family. And uh, if I've piqued your interest, if you're new to the game, take a look, look through my uh, catalog of now close to 300 episodes. And there's some great interviews with some wonderful people who have been involved with the game at the local level, at the highest level, from people who are overseeing local footy clubs to team presidents to super agents to former players. Uh, it's just a, uh, I'm going to use a, one of those 25-cent vocab words, a cornucopia of guests. Okay, ladies and gents, I do appreciate you tuning in. And until next time, goodbye. <laughs>